Hello and welcome to the Ruckus Review, a show where random dudes review the past and present fruits of Hollywood's labor. You might be asking yourself, why should I listen to this review over the likes of Rotten Tomatoes or IGN? What new, fresh, interesting perspective could this show possibly have to offer? I answer you with the words of the great poet and thinker Ben Folds. Let me tell y'all what it's like being male, middle class, and white. Basically, I'm trying to say we, we have nothing new to offer. No, no fresh new perspectives. So now at the very least, you know what to expect. What is your mission? To stop the war. What war? The war to end all wars. Weapons far deadlier than you can ever imagine. The war can be ours. Wherever you are, you are in more danger than you think. I cannot stand by while innocent lives are lost. Be careful, Diana. It is our sacred duty to defend the world, and it's what I'm going to do. Alright, as you can probably guess from that clip, this week we will be reviewing Wonder Woman. Before we get started, I want to introduce myself. I am John Granholm, and this week I am the host of the Ruckus Review mostly just because I edited the show and the files were on my computer so I got to upload. The host might change from time to time as we figure out what form the show will take. Before I get started, I want to give the audience a quick idea of what kind of talent I'm dealing with here and what kind of people I have to edit. Uh, Before I play the bulk of the show, I'm going to let you listen in on just one side of a conversation of trying to get one of our reviewers onto Google Hangouts. Uh, I think it'll become quickly evident that we are not the most tech-savvy group, or at least one of us isn't. Before the show begins, I'd like to let my guests introduce themselves. Hello, my name is Hayden, 
My expertise in movies comes from watching them and spending an exorbitant amount of time talking about them with people that I really don't care about. Hey there, my name is Nick Dabbs. I live in Charlotte. My favorite movie is Interstellar, and my least favorite movie is the filmography of Michael Bay. Now that that's out of the way, please enjoy the show. All right, All right. ready to get cracking? Yeah, let's yeah. start this. All right, here we go. Let me read these things. We'll get into it. So Wonder Woman, 2017, 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, 76% on Metacritic. And here's a couple of reviews. Wonder Woman is a beautifully directed superhero origin story that digs into Diana's transformation from naive warrior to inspiring hero. Molly Freeman from Screen Rant. Oh, classic Screen Rant. Some others. Uh, that's the only ones that are full. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that about sums it up. Before we do anything, there's a few things that I have to talk about. So, the Amazon Warriors and all, you know, they're created by Zeus, right? And they're supposed to be these awesome, like, warriors and all that, right? They're supposed to be, like, amazing. But literally within the first 20 minutes of the movie, they act like complete idiots and charge people on the beach when they could have literally sat on that cliff and just shot arrows down and, like, chilled. But, like, they all died because they're... I was like, they're not very impressive warriors. It's like Anakin, the high ground. Like, I don't even know. Like, I thought that was really dumb. Right. I was going to say, like, half their army died in, like... It's like, aren't they supposed to be, like, kind of awesome? I don't know. Like, And there's this, like, the whole time the bullet is introduced, they're like, this bullet, this metal death, what is this? And it's like, you can't find some way to just kind of get around that. Like, aren't you, like, half, like, God, like, half divine? Yeah, but, like, sorry, that's like a, that's like a... That's like a nitpick, I guess you'd say. But we can go with can nine out of tens or whatever we want to give it before we start getting into all that. Well, maybe we should like give our first statements. Okay. Go for it, Hayden. No, John, I think you should go for it because I think out of anyone, you might be the most neutral. I thought that a lot of the actors, especially the villains, were terrible. Or a lot of the characters, not necessarily actors. Um, I like Chris Pine. Yeah. And then Gail Godot is just beautiful, so I can't, like, be angry at her. <laughs> you know, she should be Ela uh, Klein from H3H3. That's basically who she is. Israeli, was in the army. Right. Yeah. I thought the story was pretty, like, I don't know. It, was, it all seemed really anticlimactic to me. But there were some cool action things, and reading about some of this stuff on how they made the movie was kind of interesting. Uh, like who they chose to cast as the Amazon stuff like that. I think there were little interesting tidbits here and there, but you know, overall it was meh. Okay, Nick. To me, it's just another sort of classic example of like a movie that's that gets the messaging right, and then so like the, this massive critical acclaim, like actual content elements of the film just get completely excused, and it's just a massive pass because the messaging is is on point. And I actually thought the messaging was, like, handled fairly well. Like, I don't think it was, like, kind of overt in your face, like, feminism. I think it was actually, like, like stewarded, if I can oh, say yeah. that. No, I agree. Like, really well. Like, it, I really didn't feel like I was, like, they were just pounding you with it. Uh-huh. But at the same time, that's the reason for the critical acclaim. It's just a blind just following for this kind of messaging. 
as far as the content goes, though, no, it, it really, what I don't get is that, like, it's pretty much just your average superhero movie. And probably the reviews that made me the most upset were transcends the genre, is it a new kind of super. <laughs> uh, to me, that makes me more mad than just calling it a good movie because it, because to me, it's the unoriginality behind it that makes it so bad. It's just a, it's the exact same. Dumb setup, a, a love interest that doesn't mean anything, and then a third act that's just all CGI against a meaningless villain that you don't care about. That's just the formula, and it's just so dumb and, and overdone. Yeah. I would say I agree with that, and at the same time, it's funny how they can look at this movie and say, we're going to make a movie, and this is what I thought about it, we're going to make a movie that we can put anything we want into it, but it's basically irrelevant to our DC Extended Universe because it takes place 100 years in the past. Right. So it's like we can say all this stuff. Yeah. It's like we can say all this stuff, but it doesn't really matter in the context of our extended universe. But I enjoyed the movie. Like, I liked it, like, watching it. But, and there was some really cool parts about it. I really liked sort of, I liked some of the discussions that they had about war in general and how she kind of didn't know anything about it. And I thought that was kind of cool to see her, like, kind of be, she was completely naive and, like, seeing the progression of her actually kind of understanding what it meant to actually be in war. I thought that was, like, kind of interesting because it was, like, we don't really have a lot of superhero movies that talk about war the same way because Captain America was kind of, I don't really remember that. Like, it was just, it didn't seem as serious. No, I, I agree with you, and I think that is interesting. The only problem is the movie sort of becomes hypocritical as she becomes this figure. Her whole mantra is, Mankind is too evil. Like, how can I fight on behalf of this evil mankind? Yeah. War is bad. And then she herself goes and slaughters countless numbers <laughs> of nameless enemies. Like, like that. Yeah. So it's kind of, it kind of cannibalizes its own themes. It makes for sweet-looking action. I agree. Like, I thought some of the action scenes were, like, really fluid. And the part where she flipped really that off. tank, to me, was worth that scene, like, the just, that was awesome. I thought that was really cool. The what, the what scene? When she flips that tank, when she, like, runs in, like, it's, like, in the square. Because the one thing that I kind of liked about it was that it didn't really define her powers very well. So when she did stuff, sometimes you're like, oh, she can actually do that. And it was sort of like, and you have a problem with that, I know, because it's, like, the Scarlet Witch from Avengers 2, because it's like, what can't she do? So there was sort of, like, because there was a part where Wonder Woman... Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just, just a... going to say, it's, it's, go ahead. Me, it's more <laughs> helpful. Yeah, go ahead. Hold on, wait a minute. Go ahead. Thank you, moderator. Um, <laughs> it's so helpful when movies describe... so helpful when parameters are actually given. Yeah. That, that guides viewership much more sensibly. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem as well, is you kind of have the Superman effect here. Yeah. Where, which, really hurts, which really hurts the tension. There's no way she's going to die. She's literally, they, they ascribe her with divinity. She's, she's part deity. Mm-hmm. She's not going to die. It's the Superman dilemma, There's, which greatly hampers any kind of tension in the movie and also makes it really hard to relate to her. Like, there's no relatability to someone who you are saying is divine. Like, that's not an everyday relation, like, like where you have with Batman or Spider-Man. Well, then we should... Connect here, and it's just... Yeah, I think we should then go talk about the villains. Because... Oh... No, I agree with you. The, um... We'll go down in the annals of history. It's like, freaking Heath Ledger, Dr. Poison. <laughs> Wait, was she even a villain? Was she even a villain? Uh, I thought... Yeah, she was part of the villain cast, yeah. 
I, I cooked up the LSD batch. Okay, that, that okay, that to me, in the context of, like, the big reveal that he wasn't Ares, it was like, okay, what is that then? It, it didn't make any sense. It was just like... Exactly. It, yeah, it was like... It's just roids. Like, fast-acting roids. But... Inhalable. Wouldn't you want to use that for, like, the rest of your soldiers? Like, I don't know, like, why is he special? Why does he get magic weed or whatever it is? <laughs> It's just so like this movie didn't learn like one of the big one of the big problems in superhero movies right now is villain overload, and there were essentially like three villains they were trying to pass off here, and it's like what's wrong with just having one really good villain yeah. as opposed to three terrible ones don't equal one good one yeah like and the best superhero movies have a clearly defined powerful and actually that's what i've heard about spider-man that's really good is that michael keaton as birdman as a singular type of villain is actually has a pretty good presence oh no he was my he was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie but we won't talk about that i really liked him i thought that like that was awesome but we're not talking about that movie but it, it, it it has to enter into part of this conversation all superhero movies are connected okay they have to be talked about in my opinion okay well we, well it, then, to me, this was, to me, this was one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen. Really? Oh, I, oh yeah. I, I, I actually fell asleep a couple times. It was, I found it so boring. Did you like it more than Batman vs. Superman? No. Really? Not at all. That's interesting. And I'd have, to, I'd have to kind of sit and think about that. Like, aesthetically, visually, it, it's very similar. It's in that same vein uh-huh. of, like, mythical-type aesthetic. Which is, I think, a really cool thing to do with superheroes, which is a complete deviation from Marvel, uh-huh. which is more like candy-colored, like, yeah. it's more for kids. Yeah. And what, what, what you get with this DCEU is more of like a mythical-type, like, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, yeah, I would, I would much watch, rather watch Batman vs. Superman. I guess my biggest problem... It's not like Batman had a great villain. It was a, literally a big poop monster. In that no, but, okay, but my point with... With uh, Batman vs. Superman, though, it, it was very similar to Captain America Civil War in the fact that it was, like, the villains, like, goals, like, didn't make sense, and they, and it, like, things shouldn't have happened the way that they did, and, like, Batman and Superman really shouldn't have ended up fighting, which was sort of the premise of the whole movie. It was called Batman vs. Superman, whereas in Wonder right. Woman, it was, like, at least we knew what the bad guy was trying to do to some extent, and at least... She had a journey trying to get there. Exactly. Okay, that's a fair point, and that actually brings me. That rem- reminds me of something else. It's like people actually, I think, correctly want to give and attribute motivation to enemies. They think, okay, how do I make a good villain? It's by giving him clear, cogent motivation that is like actually empathizable in some way, and then flip that somehow. But it's like that's too much work. That's too complicated. Like the Joker's motivation. He doesn't have any. They literally just say, some men want to watch the world burn. It's literally as simple as that. Pure evil. But that <laughs> works. Like, keep it simple. Yeah. Like, keep it simple. Like, in Wonder Woman, they tried so, way too hard this backstory. Oh, my gosh, the backstory connected with, like, Greek mythology. It's like, we don't need that. Yeah. We don't, guess what? Like, he can just be evil. And you could literally end it right there and have a, a more compelling superhero story. People get bogged down by the lore. Like, we don't need lore here. <laughs> it just makes me think... I love lore. It just makes me think of Captain America Civil here. War in the fact that, like, the main villain in that, his, his, like, his whole thing is so complicated. 
and is so dependent on so many things randomly happening to work out perfectly in his favor. There's like I, I'm struggling to remember. It's like this movie. random guy whose family died, and so he goes on this quest to destroy the Avengers, and it's like via a thousand different things that he has to do perfectly. And I get what you're saying about Wonder Woman, but I can't like it's it's very similar to the way that like Lex Luthor to, in the context of those two movies. Batman vs. Superman and Captain America Civil War, Wonder Woman lands right in the middle in terms of, like, the villains. The villain was a lot better in that movie than in either of Captain America Civil War or Batman vs. Superman, I think. Well, well, no, 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 definitely that's true. Like, I, well, I personally don't think there's been even a good villain, a good superhero You need to see, you need to see... Like, forget, least, forget great, like, not even good. You need to see the Spider-Man. I think you would like... I... I there were certain scenes in that movie where I was like, Nick would, I think Nick would actually appreciate, like, like this scene right here. Like, he would say, this is a solid yeah. scene between the villain and between the hero. Yeah, Harrison, Harrison saw it and said he, he really enjoyed it. I, I think I might need to catch up with it. But that's honestly why I like the original Spider-Man so much. Yeah. It's no. because, well, at least the first two, those villains, both Green Goblin and Doc Ock, are just great villains. And you can't deny the acting. Those are two great actors, for yeah. sure. But at the same time, they had like, you know, in each there's like some really quick backstory. Oh, he breathes the gas, and then with Doc Ock, he gets control. Just a quick scene to sort of establish motivation. Boom, never talk about it again. From that point on, they're just pure evil, and they're, they're a foe. Yeah. And like, that's fine. But people, for some reason, are like, I have to like justify the motivation. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're just thinking yourself to death here. It doesn't yeah. have to be this hard. And that makes it. Go ahead, John. You haven't said anything. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, do you think that has to do with um, <laughs> with the whole philosophy behind, like, the fact that they're making a lot of movies, so their whole idea is, like, all right, so we have to make this one big story that has a big backstory and everything, so all of our smaller segments just have to be little versions of that, so we need backstories. Like, we have to, it has to be a whole movie, and it has to play into the greater universe. I think that draws my promise, like, they're just in one mindset when they write an individual episode of the larger story. I don't think you're saying because of this shared universe concept, are they right? Maybe. Huh. That's an interesting thought. Well, the thing is, though, it's like, I don't think, I don't think Zeus is going to be talked about in any of the other movies. Like, I don't think Ares or any of that stuff is going to be mentioned in any of, it's not going to be like, well, remember when Zeus fought Ares? And, you know, like, they're not going to mention that. Except for some dumb, like, Ben Affleck one-liner where he's like, hey, remember all that business with Zeus? And then it's, like, turned into a joke. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think they'll reference it again. I think it's just how they feel like they have to formulate, like, everything has to have, you know, you have to know the beginning and the origins of everything because they want the smaller stories to reflect the bigger one of, like, having this clear beginning, you know the origin, and then an end. Not necessarily that they're going to reference those, but just that, like, you know the whole saga of everything, and that it's, like, a whole story rather than just a one-minute so, clip of Maybe, but it's a really bad saga. Agreed. Sure. That was my next question. <laughs> like, but is that good? Yeah. To, I mean, do you guys I, think that there's been a good villain since Dark Knight? Okay, watch the new Spider-Man movie, and I think that he is a good villain. I don't think he's anywhere near the Joker level, but he's definitely a good villain. So you, you wouldn't say that he's the best? Okay. I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's... I would say he's about on par with Green Goblin and Doc Ock. 
Oh, that's the best of the Joker for sure, then. Okay. What do you think about Loki, who's, like, a character in a lot of movies is always a bad guy, but he's a character and, like, he's, you know, retained his badness. He's one of the elements a lot of the of people that I really enjoy. He's kind of an anti-hero, though, because I feel like you're supposed to kind of like him. I think definitely in the... Did you see the second Thor, which was, like, easily the most forgettable Marvel movie? Uh, see, I never saw that one. I, I, I saw it once, and I was not paying attention. Oh, don't they work together? Yeah, but... Yeah, Loki interacts with them a lot and is, like, working on their side most of the time. Like, like I'm just... Sorry, this might be deviating a little bit, but it's where the, where the conversation is leading. But like, I, I think of Star Wars, too. And I think of Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and these, like, great epics that have villains. And you contrast, like, Darth Vader, and this might be cherry-picking, you contrast Darth Vader with Kylo Ren. Where's the backstory with Darth Vader in the original saga? There it's was completely not nothing. there. It's not yeah. there, because no one cares about it. It was hinted at. Like, which is awesome. Yeah. It's very subtle. But you spend more time in the present characterizing the character presently and making him an opposition, a worthy foe rather than showing him crying and getting emotional. Like I realize that that's sort of more of a postmodern reflective villain, but it's not as effective for stakes or tension. And that's really what it's all about with superhero movies in my opinion. Well, give me a movie. Well, okay. Not necessarily superhero movies. I think you're saying you're thinking more like on the fantasy genre. Sorry, yeah, I, like, switched back really quick. Okay, because if you look at, like, like you said, Harry Potter, like, Voldemort is an amazing villain. Um, Sauron, which... And he does have backstory, yeah. Sauron, who is closer to Darth Vader in terms of his backstory, but that's more, that's sort of ancient history now, since that was written, like, forever ago. I mean, all things considered. <laughs> in, in comparison to, like, what we're talking about now, Sauron is, like... the servant of Melkor. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, we don't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I want like I want you to give an example of like a villain that you think is good, but not one that ev- like everyone thinks of. Not like the Joker, or not like you said um, Voldemort. You know, like an example of someone who's like okay, Green Goblin. Okay, I think he is such a good villain. I actually would just call him a great villain, and I think ninety percent of that is attributable to the performance. I think Willem Dafoe just nails it. Well, you, this kind of, this makes me think of, whenever I think of Green Goblin, I think of the last scene in that movie and how intense it is with Peter and the Green Goblin fighting. And it's just like a really, it's a really intense fight. And like, it's just bloody and it's just, you know, they're throwing each other through walls and stuff. And you feel to some extent, you're like, this is so intense, like Spider-Man could lose. That what you just said is exactly the reason why that's so effective. Yeah. And it's I'll tell you what it is exactly. It's those intimate shots. I th- I'm thinking now of the building scene where he saves, he goes in to save the baby, and it turns out it's the Green Goblin. Uh-huh. Two things. One, there's like an element of horror there. Uh-huh. Yeah. He spins around, and you're like, holy crap. And that that grabs you, and that locks you in. Terrifying. And then the tension in that scene, like what Hayden mentioned about the stakes of him dying, what makes that so effectual or when he's jumping and avoiding those blades, is when they cut him, and you see the cut of the blood. And it's just that very intimate, like, he's flesh and blood, you just got cut. Like, you're making it, you're humanizing the stakes in a very intimate way with the camera that really brings you in, coupled with that horror element, and you're completely, you're completely on board with what's going on. It'd be interesting to look back at 
like more, I mean, more recent superhero movies and see how often you see the heroes actually bleeding. That's honestly a great metric. I think that would be such a worthy study. And I think you'd have to look at times that they're not bleeding on their face, other than their face. Because, like, I think your face is, like, just kind of a cheap yeah. thing to show that you're, like, exhausted or whatever. But, yeah. if, like, you know, on their arms or whatever. I think that would be interesting to look at. <laughs> Wonder Woman does look perfect throughout the entire movie. I don't think Yeah, and that, to me, that's a problem. It's just no, problem. I agree. No, I, that's what I'm saying. But here's, okay, now can I, if I can switch the conversation just slightly. Um, <laughs> Another part of creating stakes, in my opinion, especially in superhero movies, is forcing your characters to make a decision that has consequences. So here's a bad example of that. Actually, unfortunately, in Spider-Man. With the... the, the in Spider-Man... Go ahead. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. You've got the Green Goblin who drops... What does he drop? He drops Mary Jane and the thing of kids at the same time. He, says, he literally says, you must choose. Great tension there. The only problem is Spider-Man saves both. And you're just kind of like, that only has rewatch ability one time. And you're like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen. Now, great example, Dark Knight. Joker says, Batman, you must choose. He chooses and pays a physical consequence for that choice. And that is what elevates that movie. There's actually multiple instances of that in that movie. And you don't see that anywhere else. Like, no other, because it takes a lot of guts to do that as a filmmaker. Well, that's the thing. That's the new thing about... I really, you know, the more we talk about this, I really think, I want to hear you, your thoughts on the new Spider-Man movie. Like, I really think you should go see it. Oh, that, that might be, is that a spoiler? No, no, it's just that, like, there's, it, it didn't seem as marvel as sort of, like, everything's going to work out fine, and, you know, we're going to see someone who looks amazing with their shirt off. You know, like, like all the yeah. other ones. How much is Robert Downey in it? He's in it more than I would like, but that's only because I didn't want him to be that's in it at all. But he's not in it as much as the trailers make it seem. There's I'm like, sure that's calculated. Yeah, no, totally. But I hate his presence in the movie in terms of, like, <laughs> I hate what he... I hate his role to some extent. I'd see. But you'd have to... Kind of be like his... But that, that'd be another discussion. That'd be a completely another talk. So if you okay, so let's say we've got in our in our pot here, in our villain stew, all the elements that make a good villain: mm-hmm. acting performance, mm-hmm. costume, and other visual uh, script. And then I guess like power. Those four like how would you rank those elements in terms of like importance for creating an effectual villain? Say them again. Acting. Visuals, script, powers. I think acting is first. I think powers is almost irrelevant. I think powers and costumes or appearance is also irrelevant, too. I completely agree. I, but I think that's what Marvel emphasizes. But I, but you can do amazing things just with the visuals. I mean, maybe not necessarily how you they look, but just like the whole visual side of it emphasizes a lot of stuff. Like, I, I wouldn't say visuals are completely irrelevant. I think powers are, just because you can have, as long as your power isn't, like, you shoot confetti out of your nose or whatever, like, <laughs> as long as, like, your power, like, you could be, you could have no powers, like the Joker, and it's like, you know, you can still be a good or great 
you know? Yeah, no. But what I, I mean by power, power would also qualify, like, just the extent of his reach or influence. You know what I mean? Like, the, the accumulation of his actions in the movie, kind of. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that has to matter that much. Well, if you look at, if, you, if we're going to take Spider-Man, you look at the Green Goblin, he's a goofy, he, like, villain. Like, his he's, outfit. He's, he's his, totally campy. Yeah, his his outfit is like a Power Ranger suit, like, which is fine because you actually uh, he he's actually kind of scary. Now it's hard to like get off the super scary. nostalgia bus because we were all like younger when we saw it because we're so old now. I yeah, mean, so old. Yeah, like thirty. What are we? I I think when I watch movies like Spider Man again, I think I'm amazed about how much. I like them, and how much stuff I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. Like, that's nice. actually really well done. Nice. There's just a lot of really well shot stuff. So, verdict like, on Wonder guys, Woman. Sorry. Good. That's a good little moment for the podcast. I'll keep that good silence right there. Good solid seven seconds and nothing. Do you want to do, like, a like planning for a commercial break? Do you want to say something like, and we're back? I can cut it with Audacity, so it doesn't matter anymore. He has all the power. Plus, he can just fade Nick and I talking out. Just fade it out. I don't know. I don't know how to use it. All right, we can't talk about this because I don't have to, like, cut random junk in the middle. That'll be hard to find. trying to make your job as hard as possible. Well, I've been starting... And now it's a job. Right. Like, I have to edit stuff. Like, nah. I've been starting the recording over and over again, so I have, like, ten small... Or four or five smaller recordings. You were going to say something, Nick? I was just going to say, like, just I was thinking about, like, great sequences in those movies. Like, and again, this is a horrifying one. When Aunt May is literally saying the Lord's Prayer and Green Goblet busts in, right? It's the part where she says, deliver us from evil. Uh And she's, like, screaming, and he goes, finish it! And she, like, yells at him in terror, like, deliver me from evil. Uh And then it just cuts. And you're like, oh, my God. Gosh, like it goes from campy to that in a way that's totally convincing, which yeah. is a testament again to the performance. And that's, I think that might be John, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's part of your critique in Guardians is that it also tries to make those tonal shifts from serious to fun, but you don't, in your opinion, it doesn't pull them off as convincingly, right? Uh, you should compare the tonal shift of a giant Pac Man versus. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a, that shift is greatly different in magnitude. That is true. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I guess a little bit. Those I, mean, I like, I like the first Guardians. The second one was just kind of weird. I think I need to watch the second one over again to get a better, like, it was just all over the place. But then that's another loaded. thing with the, yeah, definitely. But the villains, that was another totally... Which you could say about Guardians yeah. 1 was that the villain was, like, somewhat intimidating. But with Guardians, you can always go back to, at the root of Guardians is parody. And so they're probably making fun of that villain trope of just, like, a massively, indefinably powerful villain. Like, you can always have that argument in your back pocket with Guardians. Like, oh, they're making fun of it. But he was better than Wonder Woman's villain. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he was better than, he was better than, like... Debatable. Most of the villains, I think, like in the Marvel movies guys, recently. Okay, no, I no, I I I I I I, I, I agree with that. And he's gonna be in. Oh wait, we're not talking about Thanos. We're talking about uh, whatever his that. name was. Really memorable, blue guy. The guy. Oh, 
He's um he plays uh, the Elf King in the Hobbit. Let's movie. not talk about the Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going there. And then we can go on to Aragon after that. Do you guys remember? You guys remember in Wonder Woman that scene where it's like they have to break into that dinner or whatever? Yeah. She has and a sword she, in her dress. She's got a 400 pound broadsword that apparently nobody sees, like, strapped to her back. It was a decorative. It was how a, is that strapped up, though? Like, what's holding that bit? She has a magnetic spinal cord. Right, is it, like, stuck to her back? That was a list of her undefined powers. That, it's like literally her butt cheeks are clenching it. Like, there's no way. <laughs> I was thinking about it, like, there's no way that's the thing, man. And it's just so jarring, because I think you see the shot, the evil dude, I forget the evil dude's name, of course, why would I remember his name? Uh, I smoke weed. Right, him. Uh, LSD. LSD. But, like, they're they're painting it in a way where, like, they're they're encountering each other, like, they're walking towards each other, and then he just randomly starts dancing with her, and, and then immediately after that starts telling her his evil plan to rule the world. And you're like... Huh? Let's like back up a second. Like you, you lock eyes with this random girl with a broadsword. He couldn't see it, though. He couldn't see the broadsword. Out of your mouth is like your plan for world domination. I guess that was just like their way of like making you like trying to really sink you and like, oh, that's Ares. He's like, he just did that. Okay. Well, but but what about but what about Professor Lupin? Who? (laughs) The guy who played Ares. Oh. You know what annoyed me the most about him is when they showed the flashback. And he still had his mustache. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen how much crap they've been getting for that on the internet? Everyone no, I haven't. Everyone's making fun of that so hard. No, that was one of the first Yeah. It's like one of the funniest shots because he like looks up at the camera. You're like, he <laughs> still has this mustache? Like, did really? It looks like like ancient Greece was like the 70s. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That was so silly. Just, just real quick, like, it's also this one of the reviews you read at the beginning, John. It seems like so long ago. Like all the, like Patty Jenkins, the director, should be celebrated and all this. It's like, yeah, like women directors should be celebrated, but like let's go find some movies that they've directed that are actually good, rather than like pawn this off as something that's like worthy of, right, of a gold sticker. Right, well, and they did get a gold. I, I didn't know it was directed by a woman until. You know, the very end, and I was like, oh, like, that just solidifies, you know, what they're doing and why people like it. Huh. That's the thing. Like, I'm skeptical of people actually liking it. To me, and this might be a little mean or whatever, but, like, to me, these critics, these people have their review typed up before the movie, and then regardless of it, they're hitting, they're hitting enter. Regardless. And it's all the same content. I could totally see that for the very reason that it's, like, a big feminist push, but then I don't really want to get into that. And again, like, here's we are, we are like the most qualified to talk about that, though. That is true. I do so have my PhD in women. PC. What? Um, but one of the parts that is really cool, and this is the same, this is kind of a selling point for me on the whole new Star Wars thing. It's like, you know, I'm whatever. I don't hate them, but I don't love them. But at the same time, in Star Wars, when you see, like, little five-year-olds leave the theater, and they're like, oh, that was awesome, and they, and they go out and, like, dress up like Rey or, or something. Like, that's so cool. And so yeah. similarly here, when you have, like, a little girl who walks out, it's like, that's awesome, like, I want to go buy Wonder Woman. Like, you really do think, like, okay, they've never had stuff like that. Like, this really kind of is that first, the first iteration. But you also that. have the little and, like, boys walking cool. out wanting to buy those mustaches. 
<laughs> I want to be Ares, god of war. Mustache. I don't want that giant helmet he had. I want the mustache. <laughs> sorry, Nick. I'm sorry. I've been looking at a lot of stuff on the people who, like, making memes and stuff like, oh, Wonder Woman's the greatest, you know, female character, or strongest female character, and then they go and, like, list a bunch of other people, like, um, like, what's her name in, uh, Alien vs. Predator, or just Alien? Sigourney Sigourney Weaver? Sigourney Weaver. I mean, I guess that definitely wasn't for kids or anything, but it's, like, another insanely awesome female character. And other people like like that. Or, like, Ray. Like, Ray's great. Yeah, Yeah, Ray. Especially compared to Wonder Woman. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting little tidbit that I, I read about was um, that m- most of, if not like all of the Amazons were all like professional female athletes and stuff like that. Or were... Except uh, Wesley or whatever her name is from Princess Bride, unless she was and I didn't know. I mean, I guess she could be. Oh, no, I think like her mother and the one main lady might not have been, but all the rest of them were all like athletes. That's why I didn't read, like, like, behind-the-scenes stuff for that movie, because it's like I knew that I would inevitably be like, oh, that's cool, and I wanted to continually be in a, in a vector of hatred towards it. Okay, the one thing we haven't talked about is um, her boyfriend, Chris Pine. He's just, just so not worth mentioning. Her. He's, like, as good-looking as she is, I think. He's above that's average. That's the point. Is that what we were going to talk about? Just to talk about him in general. Like, I, I was an idiot and realized, like, halfway through that he had to die, whereas I should have realized that when I started watching the movie. But, like, I was, like, halfway through, I was like, oh, yeah, duh, he has to die. Or, like, I don't know, she'd be dating an old guy. I don't I don't know. I was just, like, it's just like Captain America. Yeah. Did you guys shed, like, a hundred tears when he died? I don't know. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was a decent scene. Like, I wasn't crying. I don't cry about anything. Why would I cry about Chris Pine blowing up in a fake plane? But, you know, like, I thought it was... Somewhat. You didn't like you didn't like him like finally saying I love you and whatever and then she, like his like Nick's so face. against any of this that it's hard for him to like anything about the movie. Yeah, I gotta get. I, oh, it's like what, here's the thing. Like I no, I see what you're saying, and that that's not half bad. But what I've done recently is like once a movie has lost my respect, it can't redeem itself in the in the, in the end of the view. Like no, there comes a point where I'm watching it where I'm like, okay, I understand now what I'm watching and I hate it. So even if there's a decent scene, I don't respect it. Yeah. And that it's is like how long. That, it's not going to justify the rest of this garbage. Like, so why, what's the, what's the point here? So what did, did you, you like about, about it? Before, like you don't look for any redeeming thing. No, no, what I, what I mean is, like, I did a bad job of explaining that. Like, no, we've talked about I'm it. at a point where it's, like, ten minutes in, I know if I'm going to like a movie or not. Or I know if I respect it. Ugh. Like, I, I, it's just easy to tell now. Based they're on the script, but you can just—I think you guys are the same way. Like most people, can just can just kind of tell like what they're dealing with pretty early on. But I can enjoy a movie, <laughs> whereas Nate cannot. Well, I mean, <laughs> okay, so take out the action. Do you still? There were some things I liked about it. Yeah. Like oh. what? What was a what was a compelling scene outside of the action? I like the romance enough. Yeah, I didn't oh, think that was that I mean, bad. I don't think it was. I don't think it was a great romance. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, like, an award-winning movie for me to enjoy it. Yeah. But what do you, when you say you liked it enough, what do you mean? Like, I like it enough 
to be like, yeah, you should go see it, you know? Like, you don't have to worship it and buy it and watch it over and over again every Wednesday, but I, I would be like, yeah, you go see it, you might like it, you might not. If you don't like it, it's not the end of the world, but you might like it, and it, it, it's a fun movie. Wonder Woman Wednesday. You should make it happen. <laughs> I, I couldn't do that. Incidentally, I did go see it a week later with my family again, and I did fall asleep while I was watching it, but I had already seen it. <laughs> You're just shaking your head. You're just like, no. I think John also makes a compelling point when he's like, superhero movies, or you haven't directly said this, but you've hinted towards it, should almost be held to a different standard. Like, you can say it was okay for a superhero movie, but that doesn't mean it's even a good movie overall. And you hate that. I actually am okay with that. Really? Really? Just because, well, yeah, I guess there would be different standards because, like, it, you know, comic books and whatever are not supposed to necessarily be great works of art. They're, they're entertainment for kids. Yeah, I mean, think about what a comic book is. It's not a novel, you know? It's, but, that's, but that's not the movie. It's weekly entertainment for kids, but that's what this has become because movies are easier to make and it's, like, it's easier to just roll out and things like that. But, I mean, I am not, like, a huge comic book nerd, but I've read a lot of the old Spider-Mans, and those have actually, like, have a lot of character and have a lot of, like, they're really, like, I really enjoy them. Like, I have the first, maybe the first 60 or 70, and they're, like, really, really good stories, I think, personally. But nowadays, it's like, Spider-Man's died three times, Aunt May's been raised from the dead, he sold his soul to the devil, like, it's just gotten way too much. Like, you know, alternate like, universes. Yeah, it's like, he has, like, six Mexican cousins that are also Spider-Man, like, it's just crazy. <laughs> That one universe. <laughs> uh, what did you think about the lady's mask, her little like porcelain mask? Did you think that was? I mean, just all just just from a design standpoint, not like how. How did it stick on her face? I thought about that the whole time when she was. I was like, how does that stay? Same way the sword stayed up, I imagine. With the cheeks. She couldn't show it above cheeks. <laughs> No, I don't know. I I couldn't tell if I liked it or not. It seemed to be, like, trying to be too cool. Yeah, maybe. Like, it didn't yeah. really add anything to her character. No, not at all. And, like, she didn't have any backstory at all. Neither yeah. did. Isn't that interesting? They had that character that had no backstory, but was just pure evil. No, no, no. That was I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is, when I was watching, I was like, this is Darth Vader. She has an apparatus on her that helps her live. She has no backstory, and she's just pure evil. Well, and then Wonder Woman is her daughter. I don't need backstory. And then the mask is taken off, and it's like, I'm your son. <laughs> <laughs> Too many Star Wars parallels. What happened to her? Didn't she didn't was, die, right? No, she didn't. Spared. She didn't drop oh, the yeah. tank on her like she should have. Okay, so we want to wrap up the, the Wonder Woman discussion before we, you know, jump to the high ground. You want to start talking about stars? If we do, I'm going to stop recording and start a new recording. No, i got to go to bed here soon. Is yeah, there a host podcast in? With someone going to bed? Yeah. I don't know. All right, is there any more any more little quick notes you want on Wonder Woman? Let me look through the letterbox and see if there's any little blurbs. It would be interesting. Little blurbs. 
did you see the villain reveal coming at all? I knew it wasn't the German dude. Like, I knew it couldn't. That was just, it was just, like, too good. There was a very obvious scene. I think it's with the, that secretary who's essentially completely useless in the movie. It was fun. Um, where they show Ares' face, and he, like, looks... I remember him distinctly looking up and being, like, worried about something. Like, they were wanting you to see him... I don't know. Like, I, they didn't, were their... I didn't catch that, but I, I, I saw that with Natalie, and Natalie caught that. Mm-hmm. She said that she noticed... She, she, like, she kind of had somewhat of an idea when she, after that scene, that exact scene you were talking about, she was like, I felt like there was something weird after I watched that scene. I, I didn't really expect it, but when he was revealed, I was like, whoop-dee-doo. <laughs> right. How, uh, uh, what did you think of, like, all of the talk of just, like, sex? I don't really remember that. I thought it was kind of no. funny, like, I don't know, like, it was just interesting. I, I didn't think it had any, like, feminist... Maybe it did. There's that one thing that she said, but then, I don't know, because Chris Pine was, like, so, like, he was kind of, like, honest when he was talking, and, like, he didn't seem to have an agenda when he was talking, where Wonder Woman, like, could have had an agenda, like, for, like, a, oh, this is, like, all about women, blah, 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 you know, but he was just sort of, like, talking, it seemed like, and so it didn't come across as being super demeaning to men. I, I don't know. I just thought the amount and, like, how descriptive it was, it was just, like, out of place or almost awkward. It was like, wait a minute, kids are going to be seeing this with their parents and stuff, you know, like... That's what I, I would push a little bit on your remark that these are made primarily for kids, but that's probably a different conversation. But that's part of the reason. Mm-hmm. Any letterbox blurbs? Like, I'm trying to... I'm, I'm rolling through the... I'm trying to find all the one-star reviews because I know there are some really funny ones. I just got to find them. It's kind of taking a while. Letterbox is kind of clunky to navigate. I don't even know what Letterbox is. Reminds me of Anchor. It's it's essentially social media for film. It's really cool. It's the other app I've started using that doesn't have a great interface. It's I mean it's not yeah it's not great but like it's definitely it's not it's not terrible. As I'm still working to like find these versions. <laughs> Today, John, when I uploaded. This is not going to be added to the podcast because it has no substance to it. Um, when I was uploading that thing, the song that I clipped to Audacity and was moving it to... I, I actually got scared that I was going to get thrown in prison for doing something like that, so I deleted it. I was like... Because of all the people that were listening and were going to report you. Well, either way. Either way, it's just like the principle of it. It's like you're uploading someone else's music onto a platform... It's kind of ambiguous. They don't give you any sort of, like, rule. You know what I mean? They don't say don't do that. Yeah. And so I was kind of just like, maybe I shouldn't have this on here. Like, it was cool, and it, like, worked really well. But I was like, because you could go around the whole Spotify thing by just putting the song in on a, like, you know, it's so easy to go around. I would say that, that's what would have creeped me out, is just, like, uploading and then thinking about, like, oh, they've got this built in, like, they know what they're doing. They know. Yeah, yeah that's why I took it off. Cause I, was like, I wonder if they're going to have trouble with that. Like, if it hasn't become an issue yet, and it will eventually. Well, if it actually goes anywhere. I mean, it might not last. I don't know. I feel like we're we're making a takeoff. That, that's true. We do have, what what is it, 1.6 million followers now? 2.7 now. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah, it's been going up. I'm out of... Out of stuff to vamp about, while Nick just finds one review that. <laughs> okay, this is uh, this is kind of funny. 
uh, this is just kind of a funny thing. My um, <laughs> my my friend Rob uh, posted a review on Letterboxd for Wonder Woman. And one word just said garbage. Period. <laughs> Gave it a one star, and then <laughs> this this lady came on. Um, her name is Dawn, and commented on that and said, "You're garbage." LMAO. <laughs> and then Rob responds, Hi Don, I hope you're doing well. While I appreciate the fact that we have conflicting viewpoints on the quality of this film, I find it discouraging to see that you have simply resorted to name calling. I would propose a thoughtful exchange of ideas on the merits and weaknesses of the film instead. I'm always open to new ideas and love hearing the perspective of others. I hope you have a wonderful day. <laughs> and then she responds, Actually, this is pretty good. Oh, if I'm ideas, you mean like your insightful review? <laughs> right, exactly. Right. But then here's the real kicker. Her, her last comment is, he asked her what she found compelling, and she said, it doesn't matter what I found compelling. I don't see a world where anyone can call Wonder Woman garbage. You're oh. clearly just a Marvel stan or have the worst taste imaginable. <laughs> Goodbye forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's the danger with Letterbox is like you get people who are just like, this is the movie that I like. That's it. It's just so funny because I don't see a world where people could give it five stars. Yeah. I can't comprehend that. True. Oh, yeah. Right. If you compare it to an amazing movie and then say, yeah, that's the same. I don't see a world. On her profile and like her favorite movies are like unbelievably critically acclaimed classic film. <laughs> That's just because she's like a, she's a mindless drone. You know what I like is looking at the, another quick side note, is looking at like the popular this week and I think Dark Knight is always up there and the reason I think yeah. that I think that's because like the people who get this are like, oh well I'm immediately going to review that, like I love movies and this is one of my top, you know, it's like Exactly, that's like, yeah. It's like that's the first thing they rate and like say they watch. So it's always possible, so even though it's like, I'm sure that movie is not getting watched even close to as much as a ton of other movies. Ah, I bet it's up there for sure. Yeah, but I mean, like weekly, as far as like the <laughs> box office stuff, like every, you know, Batman Wednesdays. <laughs> Batman Wednesdays. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. So right, the podcast so- going to be up. I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take to edit it. I don't know what uploading it will be like. We're going to have to see. All right, so out of 100, what would you give Wonder Woman? Let me convert my letterbox here. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. Post-discussion. Zero being the worst and 100 being the best. Nick, you go first. I mean, I, I would feel uncomfortable giving it any more than a 30. So I, I might put it right at like a 26 or 27. Okay, I would say 60 to 70 range. Like, I liked it. I like watching it. I wouldn't I wouldn't buy it. Like, yeah. She I'd flipped, like 80, she flipped that tank. She flipped that tank. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'd say I'm probably in the middle of you guys. Okay, well. Classic easy, easy way out, John. Well, I mean, you guys gave me a good enough range of like, oh, I can just say in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Hayden, 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 Hayden. The problem is, once we start going through other movies that you would probably say are 60 or 70, 
I feel like this one would slide. But when we do that, it will slide. Yeah, no, but you can't... Okay, what about... It's not... This isn't letterbox. It's just, you know, what you think at this time after after talking about it. You can't, like, think about your history or do too much thinking about it. Just quick... No, but, like, number. that's the beauty of letterbox. Like, that's... I've come around to that. Like, Wait, is he getting sponsored? Is he sponsored? Quit hijacking my podcast, dude. Just stop. <laughs> is Nick sponsored by letterbox? <laughs> Please. I, I oh now we should all predict what Bruno would rate it, and then I'll I'll have a short little call in with him saying what he rates it. Eighty five. Yeah, good idea. Eighty five. I say Bruno's is an eighty five. I really I'm gonna double up on the eighty five. I really like that guess. Because he that would is, love. All right. He, he, the things you're allowed to do is not guess the same number. It's a competition. He would love. No, the fun in this exercise is more of Bruno's call in. Yeah, he would love her. Oh, absolutely. So much. You would struggle to find anything wrong with it. I'm going to say he's going to give it like a 70-something, 73. Okay. Because I talked to him about it a little bit. Oh, okay. Cheater. I didn't ask. I didn't have him number it. So not cheating. Whatever. No, that's a good time to call in and rate it. That's a a really good idea. To put... Wonder Woman in a scale of 1 to 100 or 0 to 100. I guess you got to look at extremes and you, you have to say that it definitely wasn't as good as the the Dark Knight trilogy and it definitely wasn't as bad as Batman and Superman, right? So it's somewhere between 50 and 100. Because my expectations were so low for Wonder Woman, my gut is telling me to go with a with an 80, 82. But I, at the same time, I understand that low expectations don't justify the quality of a movie. Man, I also don't feel like giving it a 75 or 78. Because I feel like a, a C and C plus is a little too low. I'll go with an 80. I think Wonder Woman, in my books, will go down as an, uh, a solid 80. You got like an hour and a half of audio to come through. Yeah. No, but that's the thing, and you can really clickbait it. Like, if you if, you, if we have podcast content on relevant things that are like in culture right now, that, that gets the traffic. That is what gets the traffic. Seven um, viewers. Wait, seven viewers. John, how many <laughs> listens do you get? I think... On one of them, I got like 16. Nice. Whoa. Didn't well, What does there. that mean? Does that mean like you could literally be one second or is it like an actual minimum time? We have no, no idea. Yeah, see, I don't think they have to listen to the whole thing. And I don't know how much of it were like just spam listeners either. Like people who aren't real. Because it was like most of them were internet listeners. They weren't anchor people. What's your guys' home address real quick and phone number? Uh, my, actually, I'll give my social security. It's 649-227941. People can get in touch with me, with me that way. All right. Thanks, uh, Nick and Hayden, for being on the show. This was super fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hey, thanks me. for having us, glad, man. Yeah, glad as always to have your insightful opinions. We have them. Do you want to record the first conclusion to the first movie review podcast? This is called the Ruckus Review.
we already did we did a, a movie review podcast and now I need to make a conclusion just like hey thanks for listening kind of thing so here you do it what do you want me to say like thanks for listening. It's just called the Ruckus Reviews. Say so, thanks for listening. Thank you, son. It's just the mic. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ruckus Review. Uh, tune in more for some interesting content. Oh, I can redo that. Okay, fine. What do you want? What is the Ruckus no, Review focused on? That's just movie review. I'll probably do Dunkirk next time. Hey. Uh, if you enjoyed the, okay, I'll, I'll read you that. Okay. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please tune in to our. Is that picking up? I bet it, that kid's in it. <laughs> hey, if you enjoyed today's review, please tune in to our next podcast where we'll focus on the new movie Dunkirk. Or wait, what do you want? The Ruckus review? Oh, shoot. Sorry. All right. All right. I'll do it again. This is the last time. Thanks for listening to the Ruckus Review. If you enjoyed uh, our podcast today, please tune in next time. We're going to talk about Dunkirk. It's a pretty good movie, and we're all uh, interested to hear each other's opinions on it. All right. You want to do it again? So the Ruckus Review. How long is the podcast? Like 50 minutes. Okay. Thinking. All right. Tell me one. Hey, thank you for listening to the Ruckus Review. That's all we've got for today. But if you found this podcast interesting, uh, be sure to tune into our next podcast where we're going to talk about Christopher Nolan's new war movie, Dunkirk. Uh, it was a very interesting movie, and I'm sure it's going to spark interesting conversations. So you're definitely going to want to hear that. Be sure to. You can cut that.